It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I... Uh... I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to the Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Rangers have won the pennant! All right, one down, one to go. We know one team that's going to be in the World Series, and that's going to be Texas Rangers. And they are going to host the first couple of games. They beat the Houston Astros. You just heard the calls. Joe Davis on the call, sealing that, punctuating that series against the Astros. And now, the other call that you heard, Brian Anderson, NLCS, Game 7. The Fighting Lavellos going against the Juggernaut. Philadelphia Phillies, Jonathan Papelbon's $150,000 bet on the line. Phillies win, Paps only four wins away. Phillies lose, it was a nice run. And the Diamondbacks are in the World Series. Game seven. Well, they got to the game seven with another bobbing and weaving moment from Troy Lovello. Taking out Merrill Kelly after five innings. After 90 pitches, after he crewed through the top of the, just the vaunted top of the order for the Philadelphia Phillies. Comes in the dugout, very upset he's taken out. This has been a constant conversation that we've had. So why we will dig in to the Diamondbacks, the Phillies, and the Rangers. The Rangers, boots on the ground for the baseballs and boring for the Rangers. Spoiler alert. Why we dig into all that. We should surface that conversation and take a deeper dive, which is what we do. And that is, why are these managers taking out these pitchers? Why are these managers not letting these pitchers go deep into the third time through the order? In this case, it was the top of the order, but then you take them out. Tori Lovello has had a lot of success. We aren't saying one's right, one's wrong. We just want to paint the whole picture. So instead of me painting the pitcher, let's bring in someone who's experienced that, who's actually stood on the mound and being take being took out, and that's Rich Hill, friend of the program, Rich Hill, family member, Rich Hill. Rich Hill joins us to talk about the pros and cons, the dynamics of taking out pitchers. Remember, and we talk about this, the moment in 2018. Where it's, he's cruising along, six in the third innings. Dodgers are up four runs. 
he gets taken out, even though he's getting ready to face a lefty in Brock Holt. And next thing you know, in that same inning, Red Sox score three runs, they come back, they win the game. But he was cruising, absolutely cruising. So he knows a little bit about what's what when it comes to this. So I wanted to get his perspective of this dynamic. All right, there you go. At BB isn't boring. At BB isn't boring. Twitter account, Instagram account, producer Evan. Outstanding job. Outstanding. Also, speaking of outstanding, free money, win money. Keep it coming. FanDuel.com slash boring. FanDuel.com slash boring. All right. Great conversation once again with Rich Hill. And we finish it off with uh, a little immaculate grid talk because, you know, when you have the when you have one of the go-to guys in immaculate grid, him and Edwin Jackson, you want to actually have him try to play immaculate grid. Eh, did it work? Find out. Listen all the way to the end. All right, here you go, Rich Hill. Rich Hill, I want to talk to you about something that I think is a really interesting conversation. Uh, it's not about the yard sale for all your bags, for all yeah, your, you. your, your very, I mean, that's a very interesting conversation. Uh, it's not about, it's not about your, the continued evolution of your pitching, which is always fun to talk about. It's, it's about something that comes up has been keep coming up and I feel like I have to stop talking to myself about this, and I want to talk to you about it. Yeah. It's the third time through the order thing, okay? Yeah. Yep. So, so, Rich, I saw a tweet. I think it was from Jared Diamond. I think he works for the Wall Street Journal. And he said something to the effect of third time through the order. It's one, number one, it's the right thing to do. Number two, it sucks. Well, I mean, I I guess, but I think it's a bigger conversation. And so I want to start here because it was – because obviously you've gone through this. And I was actually going back, Rich, and looking at the game four of the World Series. I was looking at your year that year. 22 games you pitched third time through the order that year, which which is a significant that's – that's, that's a good sample size. That would be one of my – Sample size is definitely something that factors into uh, third time through the order. No question. Right. So, so hear me out. I think it's if you look at right now, if you look at the numbers, third time through the order for hitters, and this is against whatever pitcher they're facing for hitters, the OPS for hitters third time through the order in the postseason is almost nine hundred. Okay. Compared to 2016, 2017, it was the low 600s. So why okay. is that? So something isn't working. Someone's not doing something right, or maybe oh. the hitter, maybe the hitters are doing something wrong. Here are two things before we get go into your own experience. Two things I want you to sort of ruminate about is that number one, hitters hitters have have more information, so they can sort of see what's coming. As a game goes along, they have more information. And the other part about this, I think there's an acceptance for any pitcher, especially starters, an acceptance. Like when they get to the third time through the order and they're in the game, they're looking around, Rich, and they're like, what? Wait, I'm, yeah. I'm still in? I'm still yeah. in? So that's, been, I mean, that's, been, that's also been, you know, uh, how do you say it? It's been uh, – 
kind of model Bro. that. That's yeah, and that's but that's the way that uh, pitchers. You know, you'll you'll listen to the game and say, well, back in the day, we weren't. You know, you you never wanted to give the ball back to the manager or you know pull yourself out of the game or do anything like that. Uh, but now you see it all the time. And you see it in post-game interviews uh, where guys, you know, will say like, no, I was good and I was, you know, whatever. Um, but that's been instilled in players coming up through the minor leagues as well. So when you have these uh, models that everybody is using currently because they believe it is what is the best and what is the right way to go about it, uh, this is kind of the situation that we've created throughout baseball altogether. So, you know, the, the uh, six at... 85 uh, is usually a pretty good, you know, pitch count where you can say, yeah, this guy's not coming back out for the seventh. And also to couple it with the third time through the order and then also, you know, throwing in the analytical data that uh, may not support that that starting pitcher should go back out there for the third time through. But, you know, my argument is the creativity of the pitcher and then instilling that conviction and confidence in the pitcher to be able to go out there and, and get through the lineup the third time through, throw 110 pitches in a start. Um, you know, I, I think the other side that has to be, um, you know, nailed down a little bit more solidly is is the scientific data or, you know, where, where it's proven that at a certain amount of pitches, you know, the, the breakdown starts to happen for, uh, for the starter uh, as far as health. And I think that, and I know that it does, it varies on every single, it's different on every uh, starting pitcher because you'll have some guys that can, you know, be able to maintain and manage 120, 125 pitch workload uh, throughout an entire season every time that they're going out there because, you know, their body is able to maintain that uh, because of the work that they're putting in and also genetically how they're already predisposed. You know, that's something that we can't, uh, uh, really quantify either. Um, but there's a lot of things that, that go into that third time through and, and why a, a pitcher should stay in there. Um, a lot of the big argument is, well, the, the hitters get to see you three times. The pitcher gets to see the hitter three times, right? <laughs> yeah, so right. Why, does that not, why does that not account for any value? Why does that not account in the creativity? I think that a question, you know, if we were going to go in and, and be interviewed for a managerial position, that's a question that comes up. Yeah, starting pitcher has 85 pitches, uh, got through the sixth inning. Um, you know, he's coming up on the third time through the order, probably already hit a few guys, uh, you know, pitched to a few guys uh, third time already. What is your plan as a manager moving into that seventh inning? Uh, do you take the pitcher out or do you leave him in? Hmm. Now, I think, you know, that it's a, it's a fair, very fair question, but a lot of it has to do with what's going on in the game. Use your eyes you know i mean well, nobody uses you know i'm not saying nobody uses their eyes it's very very rare because it's like you know if i if i go what i feel in my gut and i go with a gut decision and god forbid if i'm right i'm going to hear about it when after the game and if i'm wrong you're definitely going to hear about it so you know why do we even have managers in positions of of to to do that you know well to, to so so i want i want to talk about that so it's it's you're right. I mean, it's you get to especially we're talking about postseason. You get to the postseason. It's it, whether or not a guy can function in that environment. This is another part of it. Uh, we could yeah, talk about the regular season, yeah. but yeah. if a guy's functioning in the environment, in that environment, which you can you know is is different from the regular season environment, 
And then you bring in a guy that on paper looks better in that situation, but you don't part what's not on that paper is how he's, he's going to function in that environment. And so when it comes to the manager's decision, yeah, it's a gut thing, but for a manager, I don't know. Obviously, like there's a ton of good managers who are making these decisions. I Tori Lovello, right. I think, is an awesome manager, awesome guy, everything. Right. But then you 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 ask yourself, well, when they're making the decision, how much how much is it? Well, the safer thing to do is to pull the guy because this is what the numbers show, right? right. And, and and so if yeah, what does that do to the what does that do to the psyche of the player? But I, I know, but but at the end of the day, it's like okay, the public can have the outcry, but at the end of the day, they can go upstairs to the, their bosses and say, "Well, you know, this is this is what it was. This is this is the analytics we have gone through. This was the game plan we went through." And you know, uh, earlier this off season, there was this fascinating dynamic of of uh, Schneider pulling Jose Barrios. You know, in where yeah, he's in a group. He went fourth. He went four and two thirds or something like that, right? Not even. Yeah, I mean, he, he three, three pulled, and yeah. pulled. You know, he's he's cruising with the motivation, and I think you said this or against his old team. You know, and then you have the press conference after the season, and you have insinuation by the manager saying, "Well, this is sort of what the front office wanted to do," and the front office saying, "No, we had no say in it." So. Yeah. You know, it's – I think it comes back to – this is why I think a lot of these managers who are have been in it in the Final Four are in it for right. the Final Four because yeah. they are secure in their own existence. Absolutely, right? 100%. That is a big – that is a huge part of it. There is no question about it where it's like, you know, if, if I, I'm going to make the moves that I believe while the game is going on, and so be it if you don't like it, I'll turn around and get my car and drive home and not come back. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, that's it though. That is it. And I think the other thing is, is that numbers are absolute, right? You look on the back of a card, you know, probably a few, uh, maybe a few uh, hits that should have been errors, or maybe a few errors that should have been hits. Now that's that's up to the you know the score. That's yeah. another. That's another. That's another. We you have to table that for another. Uh, <laughs> yeah, another yeah. podcast. The official score. Yeah. Okay. So, but. Um, the, the numbers are absolute, so we, we can definitely hang our hat on that and see that, but we can't quantify fortitude and you can't quantify creativity. And I really think, and you can't quantify experience. Can you? Is there a quantification? Is there a way to be able to, you know, put a number on, on experience as opposed to, um, you know, just, just saying, well, this kid has come up and uh, he's been throwing the ball really well. Now you put him in a postseason, uh, which has happened this postseason with a lot of guys that had great years. And you see him when the lights are the brightest. Right. You know, it's not the best. And um, I think that, you know, that that's that's another uh, kind of issue that's going on, I think, is baseball where guys are getting pushed out earlier and earlier. Um, but that's totally a different subject. Um, but I think that the the creativity and the fortitude that you have to have to pitch in the, in the postseason is also being generated by the understanding of what the manager sees. So now you're taking into the effect where you see Bochi, you know, you see Dusty Baker, you're seeing Tori Lovello, um, you know, Rob do, Thompson. Do, yeah. and Rob Thompson do, you know, do uh, their due diligence because of their eyes and their experience of what they've seen over their uh, course of their careers and in, in playing and in managing. 
and that matters. That means something. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, they're, they're, I'm sure that those guys knowing, um, you know, a few of those guys and played for a couple of them, knowing that they uh, will have, you know, back and forth at the table. They're not afraid to say no. They're not afraid to push back. And I think that's healthy. That's something where it creates an environment that, hey, we're all in this together and we understand uh, the main goal is to win a World Series. But at the end of the day, if we can't, you know, have a have a have a little bit of a back and forth and maybe a disagreement where it's going to become a problem or an issue, um, we're not going to be able to get anywhere. And I think that that's, you know, that's a healthy environment. And I think if it's absolute on one way or the other. Um, as far as how to make that decision to keep a starter in or to pull them, uh, you know, that that is uh, a disconnect as well, right? I mean, the yeah. disconnect between the front office and the analytical department and then the disconnect between uh, baseball, uh, you know, the, 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 the managers, the coaches, uh, the players on the field, that is still being bridged throughout the game. And I think that the places where they are the healthiest environment, you know, they, they have that kind of uh, congenial just back and forth. It's, it's, it's a healthy, it's a healthy environment where there's a disagreement. You can tell each other to go, you know, whatever, fly a kite, right. but the next day, or even 10 minutes later, you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I see it from your side or I see, you know, but the next day you get back to work and it's, it's over with. It's not like you hold this like grudge walking through the season or into the, you know what I mean? Right. And if I was, if I was a GM, I would say the last thing I would say before a postseason starts is listen, whatever your decision is, you got us to this spot, whatever your decisions are, that's it. Like we're going to be behind you once again, because of Toronto, that that's not how it came across. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but this is, you know, because because you can't have like I said the manager can't be thinking about how the front office is going to react right if if, no, if they leave the guy in no. yeah and I, and the other side of it too is the manager is in the in the uh, you know uh, in the dugout seeing what's going on reading body language hearing uh, you know back and forth between uh, or the pitching coaches telling the the manager you know hey I just you know so and so whoever's starting or the catcher saying this and the pitcher saying this but again if the communication the line of communication isn't open between pitcher catcher pitching coach manager all together in the postseason there's going to be an issue and the front office is not down there in the dugout to listen to those conversations and you know I I, I I, that's where I think that all those things with the, the the creativity, I always say that the creativity, the fortitude, what you're seeing out of that pitcher, how the ball is coming out of his hand. I mean, there's there's only, you know, potentially five games left in this in this postseason. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's you know, you gonna leave everything out there, obviously, as the player, but as the manager as well in the front office. And I totally agree with you where that conversation happens uh before the game it's like hey this is this is whatever you have to do to get that w we're behind you 100 percent. so let's go back to um 2018 because it, it's grandfather now we can talk about it um but uh <laughs> no and but but my my story is you know my my takeaway is we talk about dave roberts dave roberts i love as a person i love as a manager has had a lot of success and i do think he evolved if you look at the postseason after 2018 
you know, leaving, I think he was Kershaw and, you know, for, for an extended period of time. But when you, when you go back to your situation in game four and I have to go back and look at, it, I said, well, what was the thinking here? And the thinking was you had, you had pitched six innings. You had got a one, two, three inning, the inning before. Um, as I said, you had 22 times, you had gone third time through the order. So now you're in the third time through the order, but you have, I think you get pulled when Brock Holt's coming up and mm-hmm. Scott, Scott Alexander. And I'm sorry, like it's, if this is it's opening old wounds, but I'm, I'm just, no, 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 no. but, but Scott, Scott Alexander, a lefty comes in to face mm-hmm. a lefty. So clearly, so clearly, so Dave, I think you were at just low nineties, low nineties pitches. Um, but you had gotten, you had walked Bogarts, you got Nunez on the pop-up. So you had mm-hmm. one out in the inning. And so uh, so by saying, I'm, we're going to bring in Alexander, the lefty, to face the lefty, the thought process has to be, well, you know, we think that you're running out of steam, even though the results aren't showing that. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, Alexander walks Holt. So now you have first and second. You bring Madsen in, and he gives up the home run to Moreland. But I don't know, like, so to me, the version that I saw Dave Roberts manage a year later, two years later, whatever it is, doesn't do that. I mean, I I don't know, but it doesn't do that. I don't know right. if yeah. if you had ever sort of be, after you got through the like the the um, adre- adrenaline and emotion of it, if you ever sat down and sort of looked at that. Whole situation? Yeah, I I haven't. I really haven't. I haven't gone back and looked at it. Oh, then I'm uh, sorry to do that to you. No. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I, well, I think the other side of it, I, I you know that 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 year and, and the 2017, obviously going back to back years and, and frustrating in some aspects, obviously with uh, you know 2017 for its own uh, uh, chapter in a book somewhere. But um, you know 2018, I think in the situation of, of that we were in, it's it's you know. It, it, in 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 Dave's uh, you know position and and the the position that I can talk about is mine is that not wanting to go out of the game right as a competitor and and as a, uh, a player in the in the World Series, um, but as a manager you have to say is there is this the best guy out there right now for the moment that we're in, um, and you know if it, if there's a better option in the bullpen then that's where that move is made, uh, and I think that's something that. You know, obviously, it was the decision in that in that moment, no doubt. But, um, you know, yeah, I think that again, you look at the way a guy is throwing the ball. Uh, you know, the score of the game, which is huge. I think that comes into obviously the yeah. And at the, the time, huge. it was four nothing Dodgers, right? So when you're thinking about the score of the game and 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 where we're going to uh, kind of plan for a couple of innings or whatever. Uh, you know, going into the through that seventh inning and then trying to get into the eighth, uh, trying to line up who you're going to bring in. And again, there's no guarantees because, uh, you know, I remember being in uh, with the Cubs in 2007 and uh, Carlos Zambrano was taking out of he was taken out of game two, I believe. No, it was game. Yeah, it was game two, I believe, early. Uh, after six innings, he he was dominating um, the Diamondbacks through six innings, and uh, Dusty had said, "You know, we need to." Uh, excuse me, I think it was yeah said that we need to save him for uh, it was Lou Pinella. Sorry, Lou Pinella said we're going to save him for game 
five if needed. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Anyways, going all the way back to 2007 and seeing very similar, I guess, but probably not so much analytically based decisions um, in that in that season. So, yeah, but, you know, so, but, but Rich, the, so the thing that my takeaway is like, this isn't a decision. My my lesson learned in in maybe both those situations was the value of the stage of yeah. of the of understanding what you can do that person can do in a stage. This is why I remember a few years ago, what year was it? 2017, 18, something like that. Uh the Yankees uh, Oakland threw openers against the Yankees. And yeah. And in a, in a winner take all game, and I'm thinking the Yankees had a very powerful lineup at that time. I'm yeah. thinking all it takes is one. All it takes is one of those guys. Yeah, to, yeah. and that's what happened. I mean, that's yeah. exactly what happened. So, and you must, and, and you you have teammates, and you the teammates all have success at very points in the career. But you probably can also see, and I, you know, I can see guys now. Who yep. you know they're having a hard time handling the stage. If you've got a guy yeah, handling it, so, do it. Right, and that's the so we talk about the creativity, the fortitude. Obviously, is part of uh, the makeup and and the uh, the intensity that that player is going to bring, as opposed to you know, do you want it or do you or are you going to shy away from it? Is it going to be tentative or are you going to be aggressive? So uh, you know, you could even have a guy that's had you know a great eight or nine. 10-year run in the big leagues, right? Um, but until they get into that point or that that moment in their career, you have no idea how they're going to mentally absorb that and then in turn, you know, react to that situation um, in a positive way. So I think the biggest thing, you know, for me going into, I know going into postseason and especially in the World Series, my mindset was what do I want to remember 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, and it's that I went for it. That's it. I didn't care about the result. It wasn't a result-based uh, mindset. It was a, it was a, it was a, you know, how was the ball going to come out of my hand? How was the ball coming? I want the ball to come out of my hand the way that I wanted to, no matter you know what the result is going to be. So that's really, you know, at a at a very microscopic level of looking at uh, the entirety of a postseason, but then taking it down and breaking it down into you know one pitch at a time approach. As cliche as it sounds, that's literally what you have to do. Um, and I think that obviously the teams that make the least mistakes are going to win, uh, and that's walks, errors, um, you know, throwing to the right base, just simple things that. The moment absorbs uh, players and you see them hesitate for a split second and stealing a base and they're out or they get picked off. Um, you know, we've seen some great moments where you see Harper coming around third base and right in front of uh, uh, at, at, in, in Philly when he hit that or uh, yeah. I forget who hit the ball, but Harper was on first. He scored from first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was right in front of him and he knew that, you know, it was really time to time to go home. He ran right through the stop sign, and he, yeah. and he was safe. Yeah. So little little moments like this, when you re, re, rerun a postseason run or a postseason in itself altogether throughout the teams, you know you see where the where the mistakes are made and how they would have made a big difference in the series. You know, let's say Harper listens to third base coach and holds up at third. I don't know something. Maybe they lose that game by a run. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Who is your who is your who would give me your top three made for the moment guys? Like uh, so so obviously, so I look at you know third time through the order and and I we've had this conversation I think before about the get on my back pitchers. You know, there's obviously yeah. you know, we you have Zach Wheeler, he's right now the guy who you would say that. Avaldi, one of the guys yeah. you would say would do that. You go back to I look at third time through the order numbers, nobody had faced more guys third time through the order than Madison Bumgarner in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. And, and it could be position player or pitchers like, but you, 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 when you're in it, you can see it in their eye. You, know? you can see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Justin Turner comes to mind. Um, again, you said Nate, Nate Evaldi, what, you know, what he did against us uh, for nine innings out of the bullpen was, was pretty spectacular. Um, Dustin Pedroia, obviously, uh, you know, that, that's playing with those guys, but then seeing how intense they are during the regular season and then understanding like, okay, this is, um, you know, Alex Wood was unbelievable. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Alex Wood was great in the postseason, and, and he had that, you know, again, you talk about that eye, that, you know, that look of determination. Um, uh, let's see, Kenley Jansen, you know, that's another Oh, okay. Of, yeah. Uh, you know, so I think, um, you know, I'd have to go back to the old, uh, the roster and go through, through all of everybody. No, but, those, but those are good. Those, those, those are good guys ones. That, that pop right away. You know, um, uh, I think Charlie Culberson, uh, okay. is a, right. a lot of people, but honestly it was, it was just a slower, hard, hard rate and, uh, understanding that, you know, the moment wasn't too big for him. And, yeah. and you know, it's funny, even if like we, we project this moment and we say, wow, this is such a big deal. It's such a big uh, stage and all that. Um, it, it really, you, you can tell by, you know, the guys that prepare every day, do things the right way, take care of their, take care of themselves. And then when that moment shows up, it's, it's really another at bat, another, uh, you know, an inning, another uh, pitch, right. It's yeah. not this overwhelming, like, end of the earth like now i'm going to hang my hat on this home run for the rest of my life moment right yeah yeah, yeah. Strike, right yeah uh, i mean that's the way i look at it and i and i think that those guys go on and they say yeah it was it was it was fun i'm playing golf this afternoon and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funny because i was t- on today's podcast we had uh, jim joyce the umpire and yeah. and we were kind of talking about all the stuff through an umpire's perspective you think yeah. about the pressures of you know doing a home plate game you know there's a lot and he said and he has done he had done three world series and he got the plate twice the last time was um 2013 and he did Uh the clinching game game six and he said that was one of my best games that i ever did you know and and i think jim's a pretty humble guy but like it's like that was he's like that was that was one of the best games that i ever did and sometimes you know like you get that moment man just like you were in you know in your yeah. career so yeah i mean i think that's the other side with the umpires that are so great the ones that uh you know most of them for me anyway I have a good relationship with and and you know they want to get it right just as as much as anything so uh you know definitely seeing them have a good game and and they appreciate you know the the back and forth whether uh you know you think they missed a call and then you go in and you check the iPad now and, and you, know, yeah. you come back out and they know you were right or, you know, Hey, that was, that was a strike and uh, they do appreciate it. Um, and I think if it's done in the right way, but anyway, back to your point with uh, Jim Joyce and the umpires, they, yeah, they want to, 
you know, it's just as important for them as well. So that's, yeah. you know, it's great to hear. Yeah. What's, uh, this has nothing to do with that, but it just came to mind because uh, I was at Citizens Bank Park. What's the loudest baseball crowd you ever played in fr- front of? I, I, well, I would say um, 2017. There's there's two, the World Series in 2017 in Houston. Both both times were in Houston. Yeah. And then going back to uh, BGO, Bagwell, and Berkman um, in 2005 in Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. 2005 in Houston. Um, just remember they had the roof closed and every time, you know, the killer bees would come up, as they said, Biggio, Bagwell and Berkman. And, you know, they'd start playing the buzzing of the bees and then the plate <laughs> would just absolutely go crazy. And I mean, they were, they were really good that year. Obviously they went to the world series. Um, uh, but, um, or excuse me, the NLCS, but, um, yeah. So, Whoa. Uh, was that no? It was up six. I'm getting my dates all wrong. Well, I, gotta I gotta go. I gotta go check my bags. Yeah, check. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we should we should line up all the bags and say, all right, give me give me your top three memories from each of these bags. Um, oh what the uh, when you're on the when you're strike. So I was watching Evaldi, you know, and obviously he's he's his last appearance was in Houston. When you're in it and you're starting a game like that or you're pitching a game like that, are you able to get to the point where you sort of it just becomes white noise to you? Like yeah. The, yeah, out, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you don't I mean, again, it's just you know, you're focusing in on the task at hand, right? So it's the this pitch, this pitch, this pitch. And the more you get away from that, the more you create uh bigger thoughts. Um, you know, and it happens at every point of the game. It's, you know, through the first inning, whether you give up a run or, uh, you know, you walk a guy or you strike up a side. Um, again, it's not, it's not like, okay, now I can breathe. Now we just, I know it's the next, you just move on to the next, you know, uh, objective, which is having the ball come out of your hand the way that you want to. And it's, it sounds, it sounds, everybody's like, oh, it sounds so simple. It's so simple, but you have to make it that simple and you have to make it that small because, again, if you start thinking about outcomes and other people's opinions and all the other BS that could be flying through your head, which, which does happen, um, you know, you're going to find yourself in a, in a, in a vortex pretty quick, especially I, I went, in the postseason. I went out to, um, I went out to the bullpen at Citizens Bank Park uh, when Merrill Kelly was warming up out there. You yell he, at him? I, <laughs> there, there was enough people yelling at him that I didn't yeah. need to. But uh, but because he said, oh, this crowd, you know, the, the WBC crowd is probably is better. So I knew that oh, they were going to be on him. Yeah. But, oh, but, that, but that Phillies bullpen is like, I didn't want to see the dynamic because I hadn't been out there. Yeah. It's like, and so obviously all these guys, the pitching coach, Brett Strom, you know, the bullpen coach, Mike Fetters, you know, Kelly, the catcher, everybody has to wear it in this little box. The Phillies, yeah. like that, the Philadelphia visiting bullpen is is basically put these guys on display. Here yeah, you go. Yeah. And no, I was is. talking to, uh, yeah. I was talking to our friend Joe Kelly, who he had him on this week. And he said, like he would, he would, in his windup, he would give people the finger, and nobody would. So just oh yeah, would, you gotta. Well, yeah, I, I remember uh, warming up there, and and uh, the anthem, you know, obviously right before the game, and then you finish up, and then you walk down and get in the dugout, and people were yelling at me during the anthem. Well, the anthem was going on. Really? So the anthem was going on, and they were just, you know, that was off, of course. That was off, but it was. 
It was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yep, this is this is perfect. Were you? Sure. I mean, you have to. That's another skill to be able to to just sort of, sort of ignore it and power through. And yeah, you just hope everybody gets creative, and it's just not your you know typical. You suck. You know, I was you know blah 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 throwing your family's names out there yeah. and all sorts of crazy stuff going along with them. You just hope that they get a little bit more creative, and you're like, hey, I can appreciate that. All that right, was a good okay. all right, all right. Last thing, I've been remiss in introducing this to you. The Immaculate Grid. Yeah. You know, have you done it just yet? Have you, have you? I have. I, I know. I just know that, you know, I'm a uh, kind of a household uh, yeah. item on there. Now. So, <laughs> so, so I'm going to do this. And if you can't, you know, if you can't think of one, that's okay. But I feel like you're, you would be good at it. All right. <laughs> All right. And none of these, none of these, none of these that you would qualify, I don't think for. No. So, okay. Here we go. Name a player who has played for Atlanta and St. Louis. Now, uh, keep in mind, you get more points the more random the player is. Right, yeah. Uh, Atlanta and St. Louis. Oh, boy. And if you Mark, want to say pass, Mark Lemke. Mark, Mark Lemke. Ooh. Mark Lemke. Is that right? I'm going to see. We're going to find out. I played for Atlanta, but it wasn't St. No. Louis. No. That's wrong. Ah. <laughs> All right. Next one. This might be a little easier. Atlanta and the Pirates. Um, oh, I got one. I Oh, I got one. You got one? Yeah. Who, who do you got? Zane Smith. Oh, wow. That's... <laughs> I would have put That's that one down. I would I would put that one down. There you go. Oh, one percent. That means like 1%. nobody thought nobody thought of that. That's big, yeah. I went fishing with Zane Smith. That's why I remember. But remember Zane Smith? He had a mullet. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, big time. I got his card. <laughs> uh, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, Seattle. It's hard, right? Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah, this is not a no. no. <laughs> This will be the last one because I I feel like I should have Atlanta, introduced. Seattle, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh... Atlanta. So Atlanta, Seattle. Atlanta, Seattle. I'm going to think of one. Oh, I think I got one, but I'm not positive. Who do you got? <laughs> I'm. Just, it has to be from Atlanta to Seattle. Can't be. No, Seattle. no, no. Just played for both teams at some oh, point in the career. Okay, okay, okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, Anthony Vavaro. Wow. But, oh, he was. I was right. 1%? percent one. Point 0.1%. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you, must, you must be in the top of the leaderboard. I, I'm not. I'm not very good at that. Not, Where do you play that? Where do you play the American? Base, baseball reference. Baseball reference. Baseball reference. Yeah. Yeah. It's right there. Uh, and there wasn't. There wasn't one. I want to have you and Edwin Jackson on at the same time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm coming for it. I got to get that. I got to get the fight. I got to tie up. 14, 14. I got to get it. Oh, there is. I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. Is he, is he, does he hold the record, Edwin Jackson? Uh, I believe he does. Yeah, he's got four, He's got 14, 14. What are you, you're at 13? 13, yeah. You are? Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Okay, we'll get you there. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah the, only, the only place that's close enough that I would uh, consider would be, I guess, Toronto. I can't think of anywhere else. I, that would cover my entire AL or uh, yeah, AL East. Yeah, <laughs> listen, Porter Air, Porter Airlines, the best. Yeah, I know. Uh, Joe uh, Stiglione tells me all the time, Porter Air, that's the way to go. If Joe says it, it must be true. It's true. That's right. <laughs> all right, man.